0: Well we've been speaking uh, over these last few months or I guess since this mid mid February about the whole idea that we are called to arise. Arise is our theme for the year and that the truth and the value of this whole message is not just that we would arise corporately as a church but the value in the message is that we would arise individually. Because if we can arise individually to the calling that God has for every one of us, there's something powerful that can happen corporately. And I just think that it's a great message, not just for us as a church and the excitement of a Sunday and the excitement of a crowd. I'm believing in your life individually that this year that you will arise in the call of God in a significant and a powerful way. I'm believing this year that some of the challenges that perhaps you're facing right now that are surrounding your life, that you would be able to arise above them. Sometimes I just feel like in life there seems to be voices that can kind of keep us small. There can be voices that can surround our life, that can be so noisy, so loud. Fears, defeat, our failure, our past, these voices can taunt us so much. The voice of our past, the voice of our inadequacy, these kind of things can speak to us on the inside of us and talk us out of doing anything great for God. And these voices can be so loud, but what we have to do is find a way to get above that noise because when we can get above that noise, we can listen to our Heavenly Father. We can listen to what he's speaking. We can listen to his affirmation for us, that he loves us, that his reckless love, as we've been singing this morning, it chases us down. It's not about your past or your sin or your failure. It's about the grace of Jesus Christ that is available for every one of us. And so this morning, I want to speak a message called, called Arise and Obey. Arise and Obey. That is the challenge for every one of us, to arise up, and be who God's called us to be, but then start to walk in obedience to where Jesus has called us to go. The link between these two things, arising and obeying, is faith. It's a difficult thing to kind of navigate because we can feel at times where we are surrounded by, like I've talked about already, our fears and our past and these things that can sometimes get around our life. But there's something powerful when we rely on Jesus Christ in faith. When we say We get up every morning, we say, God, I don't know what you want to do today. But God, I am available. I am open. Use me as your vessel today to be used by you. I love in Proverbs 3 verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. See, it's a bit like getting in your car. You have to kind of turn on. The car, you have to turn the key for the ignition to turn on. It's a bit like that when our lives uh, start a relationship with Jesus Christ. It starts the engine of the purpose for our lives. And then what happens is there's an inbuilt GPS, Jesus Christ, the Word of God, that can guide and direct us towards our destination. But we have to turn the engine on and then we have to trust in faith that we need to follow where God has called us to go. Has anybody relied on a GPS before and it's let you down? I have. I remember a time where I was running late for a meeting in the city and I was driving around. And as I'm driving around through, through the middle of the city, the GPS started to not work because it was like its view was blocked from the buildings. And so as I'm driving in there, I'm getting more and more frustrated. I'm running more and more late because I'd lost signal. My GPS was no longer working. I could get to a certain section but couldn't get to where I needed to go. Jesus is not like that. He doesn't lose signal through a stormy season in your life. He doesn't lose signal when it feels like there's large buildings and obstacles that are surrounding you. He doesn't lose signal when your finances aren't working out. He doesn't lose signal when relationships around you aren't working out. He doesn't lose signal when you've got health challenges. God is there in those moments. And as you keep your relationship with Him going, keep that engine running, you can trust God to guide you to your destination. You can trust God to guide you along the journey to where he wants you to go. See, the problem is oftentimes we start getting frustrated and we think, gee, that doesn't look like the right way. We start thinking about what makes sense to us instead of what makes sense to God. And so then we start pulling over the car and then we turn the ignition off and we think, I'm just going to walk away from this. I'm going to try and find my own way there. And the truth of that is that it's only going to lead to frustration and disappointment. There is a purpose to your life that can only be found and activated in a genuine, authentic, real relationship with Jesus Christ. Relationship with Jesus is why we exist as a church. In fact, this whole church is about relationship. Relationship with God and relationship with people. That is the main reason we exist. To be able to foster and encourage those kind of relationships. So I want to look at a passage this morning where... Jesus moved powerfully, and there's a great reminder for us to arise and obey his word. In Luke chapter 17, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you come with me there? Luke chapter 17, verse 11, it's the story of the healing of the ten lepers. It says in verse 11 in the Passion Translation, it says, Jesus traveled on towards Jerusalem and passed through the border region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one village, ten men approached him, but they kept their distance, for they were lepers. Now they just didn't keep their their distance just out of a, a kind kind of respect. They kept their distance because they were ostracized in the culture of the day. If you had leprosy, you were somebody that was cast aside. In fact, in the culture context of the day, it wasn't just that you just had leprosy. They actually saw you as unclean. They saw you as dirty. Many times the Jews actually said to themselves and made it a kind of uh, an understanding amongst the people that if someone had leprosy, it must have been because it's a punishment for their sin. And so therefore they are facing this disease because they are dirty, because they are sinful, and they need to be isolated in the community. They were kept away from everybody else. They weren't allowed to go within a certain distance of other people. And so when they were yelling out here, it wasn't just they were just um, fangirling over Jesus. It wasn't just that they were standing back in the crowd because they thought it was polite. They were yelling out with all their might and all their passion because they knew Jesus could save them. But they also wanted to respect the distance that they felt that they needed to have. This isolation that they kind of were told in the culture of the, their day that they needed to have. Verse 13 says, Then they, they, they shouted to him, Mighty Lord! Our wonderful master, won't you have mercy on us and heal us? This is some kind of desperate prayer. This isn't just kind of the prayer of God, we pray for good weather today. And I just pray for peace in my day. You know, this was the kind of request that was coming out of a desire. God, we need a miracle right here. Have you ever had that kind of prayer? where you've just got on your knees and said, God, I need a miracle right now. The kind of desperate faith that sees mountains moved. The kind of faith and tenacity to trust God that sees God bring about a miracle. Verse 14 says, When Jesus stopped to look at them, he spoke these words, Go to be examined by the Jewish priests. Seems ordinary. Why don't, in that moment, why doesn't Jesus just... Do one of those epic miracle stories, like the one where he spits in his hand, rubs it into the person's eye. In that moment, they miraculously get healed. Why doesn't he get up with a loud voice and, and do that you know, beautiful, spectacular miracle where he just hits them, they hit to the ground, they come up, they're miraculously healed. You know, why doesn't he do something spectacular in that moment? Why is it he just goes, hey, go and present yourself to the priests? ...to the Jewish priests. It goes on to say, "...they set off and they were healed while walking along the way." They were healed while they walked in obedience to Jesus. God did something on the inside of them as they walked out their faith... ...and acted on the word of God and trusted Him. Something happens on the inside. Have you found that as you journey along with Jesus... God does a healing on the inside of you. This word called sanctification that we kind of often don't understand, but this work where God just starts to do something in us and transforms our life as we trust him, as we journey along each day, as we keep our connection with Jesus Christ, he does something on the inside. He brings this kind of life change that you cannot kind of create from man. This kind of life change that we can't form in ourselves. Verse 15 says, One of them, a foreigner from Samaria, When he discovered that he was completely healed, he turned back to find Jesus. So he didn't just go to the priest. See, what was happening is they were going to the priest because the priest was the authority to say whether they were healed or not. He had the authority to say, you are now no longer unclean. Therefore, you don't have to live in isolation. He would sign it off and say, it's okay. This man kind of forego that so that he could come back to Jesus and come down and bow at his feet and say, Jesus, I give you all the glory. For this moment, he gave up his own kind of rights so that he could go back. It says that he discovered that he was completely healed. He turned back to find Jesus shouting out joyous praises and glorifying God. When he found Jesus, he fell down at his feet and thanked him over and over, saying to him, You are the Messiah. This man was a Samaritan. That's powerful. Because he was an outsider just by his nationality. As a Samaritan, verse 17 says, so where are the other nine? And Jesus asked, weren't there 10 who were healed? They all refused to return to give thanks and give glory to God, except you, a foreigner from Samaria. Then Jesus said to the healed man laying at his feet, arise and go. It was your faith that brought you salvation and healing. It was your faith that brought you salvation and healing. Isn't it powerful how when we act out of obedience to Jesus, he does something on the inside of us. I just want to speak this morning about three ways to arise and connect with God's purpose for our life. The first one's this. Number one, if you're taking notes, number one, call on the name of Jesus. Going back to the passage in Luke 17 verse 12, it says, As he entered one village, ten men approached him, but they kept their distance, for they were lepers. Goes on to say they shouted to him, Mighty Lord and Master, won't you have mercy on us and heal us? What did they do? They called on the name of Jesus. So here's the thing their condition was keeping them in isolation. And I wonder how many times in our life our sinful condition has kept us in isolation where there's been times in our life where we look at our sin and our past and our failures and we begin to isolate ourselves because we don't think we are good enough to connect with God. We don't think we are good enough to connect with these other super-Christians that we see everybody else as, but we see ourselves as a failure. The truth is, every one of us are sinful. Every one of us are the lepers in this story. Every one of us are riddled with sin and failure, but it's the grace of Jesus Christ that's made a way for us. It's not in our own perfection or in our own good works that we kind of operate. It's in the fact that we have called on the name of Jesus. It says in Scripture, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. The problem is, I believe at times, often what we're doing is we're calling on our failure. We're calling on our negativity. We're calling on our fear. We're calling on our past. We're calling on our pain. We're calling on all of these other things instead of the name of Jesus. See, these men, they could have called on their leprosy. They could have spoke about it all day. They could have talked to each other. And I'm sure that they had for many days spoken about this condition that's isolated them. Talked about the pain of it. Talked about the frustration of it. Talked about what their life would be like if they didn't have this condition. In fact, they were defined by this condition. They were separated in their community by this condition. And I wonder what kind of conditions we've allowed to separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. What kind of conditions we've allowed to surround our mind and tell us that we are a failure and we aren't good enough. So we can call on pride, we can call on bitterness, we can call on envy, we can call on insecurity, we can call on a whole bunch of things, but they won't do anything to transform and change our life. But when we call on the name of Jesus, it does something powerful. When we call on the name of Jesus, there's healing there. There's salvation there. There's power to change our life. There's something so powerful about who we call on. You know, even as a dad, it's such a beautiful experience when your child starts to say for the first time, Dada, Dada. And you spend the whole day trying to get them to say it. You're like, who's your favorite? Dada. Who do you love the most? And you're just trying to get them to say it more and more and more, except for when they're screaming in the middle of the night for your name, which that's when it becomes bad. But apart from that, you just love the fact that they just are calling upon you. And I reckon that's the same with God when it comes to us. He must just love the fact that we just go to Him, go to our Heavenly Father, and we just call upon His name. Something so powerful when we just call and we just connect with Him. I love in Psalm 18, verse 3, it says, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. I call upon the name of the Lord. In my trials, my tribulation, I call upon the name of the Lord. Now, Yesterday, a little girl, Georgia, was in her room playing as she usually does with her toys, and then somehow she went over to her drawers and she pulled down the whole set of drawers upon itself. And so we heard this incredible noise and smashing and, and, and kind of... I was in the bathroom at the time and I heard Amy run down the hallway and then she just starts screaming. She's going, Ben! Ben! And I'm thinking, oh no, this is not good. This is not good. I'm in the bathroom. I won't explain any further as to what was taking place there, but sometimes you just can't wrap it up that quick. And so... I'm quickly trying to get out of there and trying to make sure that I can help. And so I quickly jump out I run in there. And what had happened is Amy had gone in there and she could completely not see Georgia. She was covered by the drawers and then all of the clothes that are in the drawers were surrounding Georgia. And so she pulled them all off and sure enough, Georgia was there crying. There wasn't really any bad damage to her at all. But just the fright of coming into that room... And, and not seeing her at all, and Amy screaming out. It was terrifying. It was that kind of scream that you kind of have that you just don't forget. And here's the thing. I couldn't do much. There wasn't much that I could do. But there's moments in our life when we can scream out like that to God, and He can do something. He can do something way more powerful, way more significant than what we can do with ourselves, and what we can do oftentimes to help each other. And can I encourage you to call on the name of Jesus when there's pain in your life, when there's devastation, when there's disappointment, when there's confusion, there is sometimes somebody, nobody else that can help you other than Jesus Christ. It's great to have the support and the strength of others around us. And that's what I hope we as a church are. But there are moments that only God can bring about a miracle. And those moments are the moments we need to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something powerful in that moment. The second thing is this. Commit to obedience to Jesus. Number one, call on the name of Jesus if you want to arise and obey. Number two, commit to obedience to Jesus. It says in Luke 17 verse 14, when Jesus stopped to look at them, he spoke these words. Go to be examined by the Jewish priests. So they set off and they were healed while walking Along the way. You know, a passage that I've really loved lately is in Isaiah, uh, sorry, Hebrews 12, verse 12, which says, So be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship, and strengthen your weak knees, for as you keep walking forward on God's path, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. What's incredible to me is if you have a major knee operation, knee reconstruction, knee surgery, you go into the doctor and they obviously explain to you what's going to happen. You have the surgery and then the next day, they are getting you up to put weight upon that knee. It seems kind of cruel. I kind of think that if that kind of happened in church, you'd have the compassionate person saying, darling, you just need to lay down on that bed. You shouldn't get up anywhere. You should just lay down, rest, relax. But what the doctor understands is that if you don't put that weight on it, if you don't strengthen the muscles around it, it's not going to heal properly. It's not going to strengthen properly. And you're going to have trouble walking in the future if you don't take that moment to actually put the weight on it. I know it's going to hurt. I know it's going to be a little bit painful, but it's actually for your good. It's kind of like a parent with a child. There's things that you ask them to do. There's food that you ask them to eat. There's things that you ask them to do in their life that they don't understand why, but it's for their own good. The problem is sometimes at church, we miss helping people stand up to the call of God that they have because sometimes we're telling them to sit back down. But sometimes standing up and having the strength and the courage and the support of someone to come alongside of you at that, at that hospital called church, coming up next to you and helping them stand together, that is powerful. The problem is, there's two extremes. When someone goes through a tragedy or some kind of thing in their life or some kind of pain in their life, it's like they kind of can fall in a hole. The compassionate person can come and go, oh, that's so bad. Oh, jump in the hole too. And before you know it, you've got two people in the hole. And they're struggling and they're going through. And that's one extreme. But the other extreme is this. Maybe the leader person that's, that's on the inside of us can look and go, oh, they're in a hole, and just walk straight past. So it's not one or the other, it's both. It's understanding that when someone's going through something, we've got compassion and mercy, but we're going to help you out of it. We're going to give you a hand because I know it's painful right now, but if you put weight on it, if you stand up, there's something that can happen. There's a healing that can take place in your life. But oftentimes, we miss it. So your healing will not come from private isolation, but it'll come from movement in community when you're obedient to what God's called you to do, when you understand that and start to take the courage to go, you know what, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to trust God in this moment. I'm going to live in obedience. Your healing's coming as you step in obedience to Him. See, some people in here this morning, you've been hit so hard that you want to keep lying down in that bed. And the greatest thing I could encourage you with this morning is that there is greater things in you Your past is not the high point of your life. You've got a great plan and a great purpose in front of you. And I want to encourage you to have the strength and the tenacity to put some weight back on again, to put some faith back on again and say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you in the journey. Just like these people here, their leprosy didn't define them anymore because as they walked in obedience, that's when they were healed. And as you walk out, your faith in obedience to Christ stepping into what he's called you to do. It's amazing the miraculous work that will take place. Look at a knee reconstruction. You are stepping in pain so that you can step in your promise. And it's the same for every one of us as we work through painful situations, as we step into it and trust God. It's incredible the miracles that can take place. I love in Matthew 16, verse 24, it says, Jesus went to work on his disciples... He said this, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. My way of finding your true self. See, I wonder at times whether when we're walking in obedience we can miss the things that are just common because we're looking for the spectacular. I mean, I love a church service where everyone's shaking, rattling, and rolling. I love a church service, and I can do a should have bought a Honda more than anyone here. I love a church service where the Holy Spirit outworks and is powerful, and, a, and just incredible things happen in the service. I love that kind of energy, and I love that kind of passion in the service, but I also like when the Holy Spirit guides me to talk to someone. And that just seems like common. But I love that moment too. Because the Holy Spirit is powerful to work. And I wonder at times whether we get excited about the spectacular. But we miss the supernatural because it just seems common. Jesus didn't do some kind of spectacular miracle here. He just goes, hey, go and present yourself to the Jewish priests. And along that way, something powerful and significant happened. I remember in a church that we were part of, we had one of those churches where uh, people uh, love to wave their flags. I'm not against flags. Go for it. You know, like you do you. That's cool. Um, But... Flags and all that kind of stuff. And they'd come down and and do that. And that's how they would kind of worship. And so that was great. It was kind of spectacular. And anyway, it started to kind of get distracting because they were kind of taking a fair bit of liberty at the front. And and the church pastor said to the people, hey, listen, I don't mind if you wave your flags, but just can you do them up the back of the auditorium? Worship Jesus with all your passion, with all your desire, but just do it up the uh, the back because there's kind of bringing a bit of distraction at the front. If you can do it up the back, go for it. Within two weeks, all of those people left the church. And it made me kind of think, hey, did you just want the spectacular moment at the front waving your flag? Did you just want the attention in that moment waving your flag? Or were you there for the supernatural? Were you there for the power of God? Were you there for the Holy Spirit? Were you open to what God wanted to do in your life? I wonder whether at times we miss the ordinary because we're looking for the spectacular. We want the great worship experience. We want five prophecies and a healing. We want all this kind of spectacular stuff. And I love that stuff. And God is into all of that. But also, God is into us having the courage to talk to a neighbor about Him, God is into us actually being kind. God is into us being, being someone that can cook a meal for us, somebody else that's in need or in pain during that time. Sometimes those common things are the birthing place for a miracle that we would not have expected. Sometimes those common things like a smile and a conversation with someone that we don't like opens up something that is spectacular and miraculous. i Peter and John are just walking on their way to the synagogue just for their time of prayer and someone's there begging. And this person's asking for money. And it was just an ordinary moment. This person had probably been there day after day after day. And all of a sudden, Peter goes, silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, arise and walk. It was an ordinary moment. it became supernatural. Perhaps if they just walked past this person and they just looked past their need, they would have missed a miracle. Perhaps at times if we look past some of the things that seem spectacular and we just don't get caught up in what's just ordinary and we don't give our attention to that, we can miss some really incredible supernatural moments. What about the young boy who just brought his lunch and Jesus turns that into a miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. It was just an ordinary two fish, five loaves, and he just offered it up. If he never offered that up, no miracle would have taken place to that degree. And sometimes it's just the little things about the woman at the well. She was just getting water, part of her daily schedule. But Jesus interrupted that with a disruption of connection and starts to talk to her and prophesy over and speak words of knowledge over her. And it changes her life. She runs back into the village and says, hey, listen, let me tell you about a man that's told can tell me everything about my life. And she becomes the biggest evangelist for that town. But perhaps we would have missed that because that was just water at a well. That wasn't some kind of great worship meeting. That was just water at a well. We've got to be careful. Being spirit-led is not just in a church service. Being spirit-led is our call every single day. Spirit-led is our pursuit. Most of the miracles that took place in the Bible didn't happen in a church building. They happened on the streets. And I wonder at times whether we're open to not just seeing the common, but seeing the power of the supernatural, even when it's not spectacular, even when it just means being kind to someone and it opens up something powerful. We are a spirit-led church. We'll shake, rattle, and roll. We'll pray over you. We'll go for it. We'll anoint you. We'll believe for the Holy Spirit to do powerful things in your life. I speak in tongues. I stir myself up in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I love that kind of stuff. But it's also not just for me. It's for those common moments. It's for those moments that just seem normal, but God wants to do something. Am I willing to be obedient in those? Stephen Furtick said this, if you're only looking for God in the spectacular, you'll miss him in the common. Number three, third and finally this morning, this, come to the Savior. We've talked about the idea that we need to call on the name of Jesus. We've talked about committing to obedience to Jesus. And number three, come to the Savior, Jesus. Going back to the text in Luke chapter 17, as the team want to come back up, verse 15 says, One of them, a foreigner from Samaria, when he discovered that he was completely healed, he turned back to find Jesus shouting out joyous praises and glorifying God. When he found Jesus, he fell down at his feet and thanked him over and over, saying to him, You are the Messiah. This was a Samaritan. So where are the other nine, Jesus asked. Weren't there ten who were healed? They all refused to give thanks and give glory to God, except you, a foreigner from Samaria. Then Jesus said to the healed man lying at his feet, Arise and go. It was your faith, that brought you salvation and healing. See, the purpose of this miracle wasn't just a miraculous physical expression. The purpose of this miracle is that these men would have connection and relationship with Jesus Christ. See, the truth is, these other nine men, They were still going to die one day. Sickness in their body, some kind of condition was going to cause them to die. But this one man found connection and relationship with Jesus. He understood that it wasn't just about the saving, it was about the Savior. And I wonder how many times we get focused on the miracle that we forget the miracle maker. We get focused on the spectacular that we miss the spirit. We can get focused on so much more. God, do a miracle, do this, do that, do that. We've got lists for everything that we want, but we can miss the fact that God just wants genuine relationship with us. That's God's version of success for us, that we would have connection and relationship with him. And each one of us are called to come to the Savior Jesus. The ultimate goal was not healing, but it was intimacy. See, God is relational, not transactional. He's not just coming to do a transaction miracle. He wants a relationship that changes everything. I love in Hebrews 4 verse 16, it says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, sometimes as humans I think we come to conclusions, or we come to complications, or we come to comparisons. But Jesus is saying, No, come to Christ. Don't come to your comparisons. There's no joy there. There's no peace there. Don't come to your own conclusions because God's ways are above our ways. Don't come to those things. Come directly to Christ. It's only in Him and relationship with Him that you'll find true joy and true satisfaction. Matthew 7 is one of the most powerful passages of Scripture and it talks about the idea that we can prophesy in God's name. We can do mighty miracles in God's name. But then Jesus says, But I never knew you. What a scary thought that we could have all the spectacular operating in our life but miss what it's all about. Genuine relationship with Jesus. And that's what I want to see. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that. So number one, call on the name of Jesus. Number two, commit to obedience to Jesus. Number three, commit to the Savior Jesus. Sometimes you just got to come to Him. I remember, I was finished with this. My mom passed away when I was 11 from cancer and my dad passed away suddenly when I was 18. And I remember after my dad passed away, I was in a pretty rough place. I literally got sick because he was overseas and family had come back and I got this bug. And so I was vomiting, I was spewing, I was, I was just really unwell, just physically But I was in shock, I was in confusion, I was trying to make sense of it. I was very messed up because I was the only one that was here in Australia. I had to call most of my significant relatives, I had to call my dad's mum and dad, I had to call his sister, I had to call different people and tell them the news of my dad passing away. And it was just horrible and traumatic and to be honest, for weeks after that, I just gave God the silent treatment. I wasn't even angry. I had nothing left to fight. I was just out. I was just laying on that bed like I've talked about. I don't want to get up. I don't want to put weight on it. I don't want to talk to God. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to do none of that. I'm just just freezing that out to cope with what's going on right now. And for a few weeks, I just struggled with that. And I was just like, why? I don't get this. I don't understand this. I was shocked. I was numb. I just had no understanding of why this had happened. A few weeks later, this friend of mine gave me this cd of this guy called nick voyage this dvd actually it was and i put it on and watched. this is a guy with no arms or no legs and this incredible preacher that said you know what i'm going to rise above my limitations i don't care what's happened around me or what's happened to me god's got a purpose for my life and you see this young guy preaching to stadiums and multitudes of people about the hope and the love of jesus christ that you have no limitation on your life and i thought you know what I just wanted to be cranky for a while. I just wanted to stay down. I just wanted to be defeated for a while. But after hearing that message, something on the inside of me started to arise, and I thought, you know what? God's still got something for me. I journeyed for that for, for a little while. I remember about a month or so later, I went to this meeting for our creative team, and they were going through, and it was like a testimony night. They were just calling people out of the crowd and give a, give a testimony of what, God's, what great things God's doing in your life. Anyway, the pastor is going through people, and then he calls me out, like third one in. I'm like, you've got the wrong guy. You've got the guy that his dad's just died a couple of months ago, that you know, his mom's passed away. You've got the guy that's gone through all this tragedy. What are you calling him out? Anyway, he calls me to the front, and as I'm walking to the front of the platform, I'm thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? I get to the front, and then I just start to reflect and realize... Even when I couldn't carry myself, God was carrying me. Even when I didn't have the strength to pray or read my Bible, God was still there. He hadn't given up on me. Even when I just wanted to block it out and block out the silence, God's word still reminded me that he loved me. And that he had a purpose for me above it all. And he didn't let me go. And as I'm starting to share, I'm starting to remember again of about a God who loves me. i so start to share about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And I start to share my thankfulness for God. And it broke something in me. And I wonder when we can just find a way to praise, even when we're in the prison like Paul and Silas. If we can just find a way to lift up a praise even in our affliction and persecution, in our pain. That God could just do something on the inside of us that just breaks it open and reminds us again about the great love of Jesus Christ for every single one of us. Arise and go. It was your faith that brought you salvation and healing. I know they could close their eyes all over this place this morning. I want to ask you a question. I've talked about coming to Jesus. Are you connected to Jesus this morning in this place? I won't call you out or embarrass you with everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed if you know this morning that you need to make your peace with God. You know you need to start a relationship with God. You want to know Him. You want to know purpose and life that can only be found in Him. Well, this morning... Just like I found him in the worst moment of my life. Perhaps you're in a good season. Maybe you're in a bad season. Maybe you're just looking for hope. You're looking for answers. Why am I here on this earth? Can I encourage you this morning? It all starts with the relationship with Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe. It's a life-changing moment. So with everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed, if that's you this morning, you say, you know what? I want to make that decision this morning. Without me embarrassing you, I want to ask you to lift up your hand. Just simply and quickly, just lift up your hand right now. And I pray this morning for you. Thank you. I want to pray this morning for you to have that connection, that intimacy, that relationship with Jesus this morning. Something that changes the course of your destiny. Lord, this morning, we thank you, Lord God, for hearts that are opening up to you. And I pray this morning for those that are responding right now. I pray, Lord God, that as we open up our hearts to you, just like it says, if we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. And I pray this morning for your saving power to work within us, Lord God, as our hearts draw to you. And Lord, I pray, Lord God, that we would see more and more people find relationship with you in these moments, in the weeks and months ahead at City Church, that we'd see people find answers and hope because it's only in you that we can find true freedom and true joy. And we open ourselves up to you. Lord, I pray for this message today. Help us to leave this place and to arise and obey and do what you're calling us to do. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.